Mrs. DeVos has no experience in public education at any level. Not as a teacher, not as an administrator, not as a student, not as a parent, not as a school board member, and not even as a borrower of public loans for college. And it only makes sense that the individual that we entrust with our children's education should have at least some, some experience in public education. That was Senator Gary Peters of the state of Michigan on the Senate floor last night uh, as Democrats took to the podium throughout the day yesterday and through the night to try to delay or stop a confirmation vote on Michigan billionaire Betsy DeVos, Donald Trump's nominee to be Secretary of Education. This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks very much for joining us. That's where we start our program today with the, uh, the Hold the Floor movement on the Senate floor. Death Senate Democrats filibustering at this point the vote for Betsy DeVos saying that she is unqualified, saying that she is an ideologue, saying that she is all around unacceptable to lead the Department of Education. She lacks any experience in the classroom, is what they say, and they criticize her efforts to promote schools that compete with traditional public schools for students and resources. Two Republican senators have also said they will not vote to approve DeVos. Is there anything opponents can do to block her appointment? Is this 24-hour sort of filibuster anything more than political theater? And here's another question. Why are Democrats standing so firm against Betsy DeVos while they have broken ranks on many of the other nominees who might be equally as offensive to liberal causes. Think of uh, uh, Jeff Sessions for Attorney General. Think of Ben Carson for the Secretary of Housing and Urban Development. Democrats have said, some Democrats have said, those nominees are okay. What is it about Betsy DeVos that is so unacceptable? 313-577-1019 is the number to join the conversation. That's 313 577 1019. You can also go to the Facebook page of WDET, put your comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. We'll work your comments into the conversation. What are you thinking today about Betsy DeVos and the prospects that she could become Secretary of Education before the sun goes down tonight? If Republicans have their way, uh, they're maybe still waiting for a vote if Democrats continue to hold the floor blocking her nomination. Should someone who has, as Gary Peters said in that opening clip, somebody who has absolutely no experience at all in public education, not as a student even, uh, should somebody like that be able to run the Secretary of Education, the Department of Education? Might she bring innovations that other people who have spent a lot of time in education might not think of? Uh, what do you think of the idea of Betsy DeVos as Secretary of Education? Again, 313-577-1019 is the number. That's 313-577-1019. Also go to the WDET Facebook page, put your comments there, and then you can also go to Twitter. Hashtag Detroit Today. We'll work your comments into the conversation. Joining me now to talk about what's going on right this second in Washington is David Shepardson, a reporter with Reuters. David, welcome to Detroit Today. 
Thanks, Steve. Yeah. Uh, so uh, explain first how this all works. I mean, I think one of the things that people don't quite get is how, how complicated Senate rules are and what mechanism Democrats have employed here to try to delay this vote or maybe stop it for, for Betsy DeVos. Right. They, they really can't stop it. All they can do is what they're doing is between votes in the Senate, it's very cumbersome uh, between motions to proceed and the final vote. You, there are 30 hours of debate, and if the Democrats don't use up that time, then it gets, then the, that time expires and they can go directly to a vote. So what the Democrats opted to do was to hold the floor until noon when the, the vote is set. So realistically, there's not much of a chance to stop the vote from happening around noon, and unless they can convince one of the Republicans, the 50 Republicans who have at least not said they will vote against her, she's likely to be confirmed. And then they've also said that there are some other controversial nominees, including Jeff Sessions, attorney general, uh, that they will also plan to use all 30 hours of debate. So in theory, they may be voting up through sometime Saturday on these four cabinet nominees that the Republicans want to get through this week, including HHS and Treasury and Attorney General and, and Betsy DeVos. Right. Uh, and and for uh, in theory, how long could Democrats drag this out? I mean, how how much time could they could they delay this? But for her, for Betsy DeVos, I, I, I believe under the previous order, the vote will come up at noon today, sort of regardless of they under the rules, they will not be able to speak beyond noon, given that was the amount of time set when the Senate approved the motion to proceed, that which I think happened on, on Friday, on Friday. Of last week. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay. Uh, 313-577-1019 is the number. The 313-577-1019. Uh, David, before we get to the phones, uh, talk about why DeVos has attracted so much ire and resistance. And someone like Ben Carson, for instance, who strikes me as just as unqualified as Betsy DeVos for the post he's been nominated for, or someone like Jeff Sessions, who's much further to the right in the area that he's been nominated, even than Betsy DeVos is in education. Why have why has she been the focal point of this? I think no, I think you raise a good point that the at least on paper, you know, the the Democrats are making similar arguments about you know Ben Carson is an accomplished brain surgeon, but really has never been involved in housing policy uh, in any way. So I think this is a combination of the fact that the DeVosses have had a huge influence in Michigan politics for the last, you know, really 10 years or so, really going back to when her husband lost the race for governor and the right to work uh, and charter school issues in the state. So she really has drawn the ire, clearly of teacher teachers unions, but all unions. And this has really led to this groundswell of calls that at many times have jammed up the Capitol switchboards and, you know, hundreds of thousands of calls to to members of Congress. So, and I think her performance at her her confirmation hearing, which was criticized as, you know, one of the the less, it didn't go as well as some of the other members. I mean, Ben Carson's, you know, went fairly well. I mean, even, you know, he had some, some positive statements and some Democrats have already said they would vote for him, for example. But I also think there's a change going on now in terms of what at least this Senate has, has decided what should or should not be acceptable in, in terms of someone being confirmed. And to take, for example, last night, the Labor Secretary nominee admitted that he had employed 
an, an undo- undocumented immigrant. And in the past, something like that would have made someone instantly uncontrollable. Certainly, would, sure. right? Exactly. It certainly happened in the Clinton administration. So it does seem that at least for this Senate, uh, and the fact that the Democrats got rid of the 60-vote requirement for cabinet nominees. And as a result, it does seem like there's a different standard in place for whether to approve nominees. Yeah. Uh, again, 313-577-1019 to join the conversation. Tell us what you think about the Democrats holding the floor on uh, the Senate floor in Washington to stop the vote or delay the vote against uh, uh, for Betsy DeVos to, to be uh, Secretary of Education. Uh, what do you think about that? Uh, Facebook, uh, WDET page there, or go to Twitter, hashtag Detroit Today. We'll work your comments into the conversation. Already got a lot of comments and uh, callers here. James on Facebook says this is called checks and balances. Of course, he's right about that. Uh, the Senate is in a position to have to confirm or not confirm uh, certain presidential appointees. Uh, Prez on Twitter says, necessary, keep it up. Senate GOP needs to open their eyes to what Trump will do to the country. Pam on Facebook says, I guess we'll know if it's effective when they vote. Uh, and uh, I, she's right. I, according to David Shepardson of Reuters, that may happen as early as noon today. Uh, let's go to Pamela in Oak Park. Pamela, welcome to Detroit Today. Hi, this is Pamela. Hi. In the fir- I'm a retired teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, from Detroit, I'm a member was a member of Detroit Federation of Teachers. And I have a ma- I'm a master teacher, graduated from Wayne State, and I'm also the mother of a son who went to public school. Uh-huh. He placed third place in the Voice two years ago, thanks to Berkeley Public School. And um, the question I have is, I would like to do a poll on how many congressmen can thank a public school teacher for getting where they are now. Yeah. Well, great question. I mean, all of us, of course, have our teachers to thank for many things that we are able to do, many things that we know. And for many of us, that you're right. It's public school teachers uh, who made that difference. Uh, Pamela, I appreciate the call. And I think that's a really relevant point to be discussing right now. While somebody who has absolutely no experience with public schools, uh, never has been a teacher or an administrator, not even a student in public schools, uh, seeks to become the head of the Department of Education. Uh, Tom in Northwest Detroit, you're up next. Welcome to Detroit today. You know what, Steve? Uh, Senator Peters summed it up very well, and he was very succinct. But, you know, I remember uh, former president of DFT, Keith Johnson, my president, he said this in terms of education. He said education is the only profession that he knows where they will bring somebody in to run it that knows absolutely nothing about uh, education. And, I mean, if you look at it right here, we had Robert Bob, the emergency manager, Robert Bob. We had Roy, Roy Roberts. Mm-hmm. We had Darnell Early and um, Jack Martin. And look what happened with the Detroit public schools. I mean, you know, other than the fact that, the people that I just named, and including Betsy Ross, uh, you know, they did not walk in our shoes. They don't know what teachers, as well as students, have to experience on a daily basis, you know, to get the job done, both educating and learning. And Betsy DeVos, the woman is totally, totally, did I say totally, unqualified. (laughs) You know, the woman didn't go to public school. Her kids 
have not gone to public school. She's probably never even walked into a public school. And now we've got a thug, meaning Trump, who's now going, who has uh, you know nominated this woman to become head of the highest office of education in this country, and that is an, that is an abomination, yeah. and it's an insult. Tom, I think educated. I think a lot of people who have uh, experience, and I know you do, uh, working in public education feel exactly the same way that that this is an affront, and it's not the front the first one. I mean, the the first point you made that consistently we seem to believe that somebody other than an educator, other than other than somebody who's had experience being an educator, is the solution to public education's challenges is is kind of unique. I mean, it, it's, there's not a lot of other places that we that we do that. Uh, great point. Uh, thanks for very much for the call. Tom, let's go to Michael in Farmington Hills. You're up next on Detroit Today. Michael? Good morning. Yep, go ahead. Yes, hello, Stephen. I um, appreciate the discussion. I, um, I wish that our government would really speak to the truth on this issue because Betsy DeVos is really being nominated to be the secretary to cripple public education in our country. She, she has no qualifications. She's obviously not capable of running a government institution so important to our nation. The, educating our kids has got to be the most important thing that we do. It reminds me of Aesop's fable about the dog and the bone. We have a public education system, but we, we look at the, the shiny glass object that, that school choice represents. And we have to appreciate that if we open our mouth and reach for choice, and it takes resources from the public education system, sure. we'll lose the public education system and we'll never have any choice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think Our kids the, will be left with nothing. Yeah. I think this, this idea that choice expands. Uh, options and quality uh, is one of the more controversial narratives that that comes out of Betsy DeVos's system of beliefs, and there is a question about whether that will, you know, improve or 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 harm public education. Michael, thank you very much. Uh, David Shepherdson, I'm I'm curious about uh, that narrative that that she's being nominated and once once in place would attack the public school system in some way. Talk some about the role of the Depart- Department of Education, though, and, and some of the limits on federal power in that area that, that might look a little different even than what Betsy DeVos might be expecting she might be able to do. Right. Well, so remember that the Department of Education has about mm, a little less than a $70 billion a year budget, and a lot of that is about providing grants to schools as well as uh, to college students, you know, funding for them to go to school. So, you know, there's a lot of autonomy that states have, certainly, to to run schools. And the, the federal government has a relatively limited role. Certainly, you know, the Department of Education can propose changes in regulations, and there are plenty of regulations at school space. Uh, for, for when they get federal funding, right. but in terms of nationwide school choice, that's sort of you know, you know a sweeping change, you know something that would set aside state laws. And so there are some states that are much more restrictive uh, than Michigan, say in terms of um, school choice. 
that's something that Congress would have to, to do as well. And it's still not clear whether a, a nationwide federal law on school choice would be, would, would, would be constitutional, given the, the division of authority between the states and the federal government. So it, it's not clear exactly how much she could do from a strictly regulatory matter without, without the input of Congress. I mean, I think the bigger issue for education, is like much of the federal government, is that um, President Trump has talked about very significant cuts to um, discretionary spending in the budget, and he's he wants a, a, a large tax cut as part of corporate tax reform. Mm-hmm. And it'll be interesting to see what the Republicans do to departments like HUD and EPA and the Department of Education in terms of funding. So I don't think it just we don't know enough. And she was she did not offer a lot of insights about what her plans would be for public education when you know like a lot of the nominees she said you know these are issues she's going to look at and when she's confirmed we'll get in more detailed answers right right this is detroit today on 1019 wdet i'm stephen henderson my guest is david shepherdson a reporter with reuters he we are talking about uh, the senate democrats holding the floor right now trying to prevent a vote or delay a vote for Betsy DeVos, who is the nominee to be Secretary of Education. You want to join the conversation? Tell us what you think about DeVos. Think about the, the Department of Education under her direction. Uh, what does that look like? What is that going to mean? 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put your comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. We'll work your comments into the conversation. Brian on Facebook says, yesterday I heard a Senate Republican explain that Democrats were just trying to block this nominee because they can. He must not be paying attention because the reasons for blocking this nominee are clear and abundant and should be plainly visible outside of any political narrative. Rodney on Facebook says, this is sickening just like all the other cabinet picks are. This is like some bad nightmare I can't wake up from, but she'll get through just like everybody else because the Democrats are spineless. This is all show. Rodney not convinced by the 24-hour kind of filibuster that uh, Democrats have put together. Kenneth on Facebook says, as a hopeful future educator, I sure hope they convince a Republican to hop over. Betsy DeVos does not at all know what it's like to be in the public school system. I agree with the caller who says this is an insult to teachers and students everywhere. Again, 313-577-1019 is the number to join the conversation. 313-577-1019. Let's go to Nicole in Detroit. Nicole, welcome to Detroit Today. Hi. So the comment I wanted to make is why is DeVos getting so much opposition when there's lots of opposition to all of Trump's candidates. And I think it's important to recognize that opposition to her crosses political boundaries. I know conservative people who supported Trump Mm -hmm. who do not support Betsy DeVos. And they're very frustrated that Republicans are not listening to them on this issue. Trump said he wanted to put the best people in, but across the board, left and right, have unified that this is the worst candidate. And I can't, I think it's theater. I think she'll get through. But it's just the Republicans are really not, they're showing arrogance and they're upsetting their own base yeah. um, in not listening. Nicole, that is a really, really great point. And that is a really important distinction, I think, between Betsy and DeVos, Betsy DeVos and some of the other and some of the other candidates. You have seen Republicans, you've seen a lot of conservatives, a lot of people who support 
things like school choice. Uh, ardent supporters of charter schools and choice uh, saying that, yeah, we're for those things, but Betsy DeVos is the wrong advocate uh, for those issues, somebody who has not uh, has not upheld the highest standards. Uh, and I think that's an important difference. We should also note there are two Republican senators who have said they will vote against uh, Betsy DeVos, and those are the first two uh, no votes on the Republican side for any Trump nominee. So, Nicole, I'm really glad you called uh, to make that point. Let's go to Jim in Port Huron. Jim, welcome to Detroit Today. Hi, how are you doing? Good, how are you, Jim? Um, you know, one of the earlier comments you made about the opposition to DeVos, I think, centers on this. I think in a lot of the other cases, the Republicans have rounded up enough votes to confirm Sessions and the others. But the problem with DeVos is her candidacy is so political because of the millions of dollars she's contributed to the GOP that this nomination looks like a purely political nomination and not one that even remotely resembles the appointment of someone who might be qualified for the office. Yeah. I'll take your answer off the air. I mean, uh, yeah, Jim, thank you very much for calling and making that point. Uh, David Shepardson, talk about the, 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 the narrative around her previous role uh, here in Michigan and nationally. I mean, this is a major GOP fundraiser. Uh, she has given lots of contributions to most of the Republican members of the committee that voted her out onto the floor uh, and has, of course, contributed to lots of others uh, in the in the Senate. This is somewhat unusual, although it's not terribly unusual in Washington. I mean, lots of times there are people who are sort of party activists who wind uh, who who have official jobs uh, and and then wind up in cabinet posts. But she's sort of an extreme, I suppose, of that dynamic. Yeah, I think you typically see it more with ambassador nominees in terms of major donors to the party as opposed to cabinet secretaries. But one thing to remember is that it's extremely rare for the Senate to reject anybody. Yes. I mean, and the Senate tends to give a lot of deference to the president in terms of who they, they want to nominate. And I don't know if it's just the fact that, you know, the administration has made, put, made a big push on Republicans, but, you know, they just have not, the Democrats have not been able to, to knock off that other, that another Republican to, to get over the top. And as you said earlier, I mean, even, you know, even, you know, move the, the confirmation vote of Jeff Sessions just so yeah. they'd have that, that last vote bill to confirm her. But, but I also think this reflects the fact that there are a lot of people in the Republican Party who are very strong supporters of, of school choice. They don't like uh, teachers unions who tend to fund Democrats and they're, they're, they're against or they're, they're critical of unions in general. I mean, look at um, Missouri just passed right to work legislation uh, just this week. So no, I think part of this reflects the, the Republican Party's relationship with unions. It's just sort of general criticism of, of labor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's go to Andrew. Andrew in Farmington Hills. Welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you, Stephen. Yep. I guess uh, my, my, my question kind of re- revolves around this, this concept that mo- most of the recent cabinet nominations have been suggested out of this idea that maybe successful entrepreneurs, people who are wealthy business owners, they're capable of fixing or running governmental institutions. But my concern is, especially when watching her confirmation for Betsy DeVos, not her confirmation, but her hearing, 
every question she basically answered with the generic, that's a good question. I look forward to working with you (laughs) on it, but there's no substance. (laughs) There's no answer as to what are you going to do to enact your policy? So my question is, why do we choose to embrace this idea that maybe these, you know, wealthy individuals, entrepreneurs can accept these positions. However, we're willing to elect them without getting any idea as to what they're going to do. We'll just figure it out once yeah. they're elected. Andrew, that's a great, that's a great point. Uh, uh, David Shepardson, no. uh, the, the, there's no question that her confirmation hearing was extraordinary. Uh, I mean, as someone, you've worked in Washington a long time, seen lots of these things. I have seen lots of these things when I worked in Washington. I don't know that I've ever seen someone who seemed as ill-prepared to discuss the subjects that would obviously come up uh, during a hearing than, than, than Betsy DeVos was. I mean, she just either, and it didn't seem like it was reluctance as much as it was just not understanding the subject matter not having not having thought very long or very deeply about any of those things. Well, Steve, you used to cover the courts and uh-huh. uh, not you know judicial hearings. It seemed like you know the playbook that the the Trump administration used for Betsy DeVos and frankly a lot of the other nominees is to really not not commit to saying anything. So it, was, I, it wasn't clear to me if she didn't know or simply was told you know don't, don't answer yourself to anything and just basically say. Yes, that's a good question. It's something I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at. But, you know, back to the previous caller's point, I mean, we really are at an unprecedented time in American politics where, you know, Donald Trump was the first president-elect who had never served in government or the military. Right. And he has put in place a lot of people like, say, Rex Tillerson, at the, you know, the first, you know, secretary of state who never served in government. And he's making this bet that billionaires and generals are going to be able to you know, run the government. And, you know, the, the argument you hear from the Trump administration folks are if they are billionaires or, or generals, they are going to be able to speak their mind to the White House because they don't need these jobs. They're not looking for other jobs. And they're in a position to be able to push back if they, you know, if the White House tries to get them to advance policies they don't agree with. So, right. you know, obviously Betsy DeVos is also a billionaire. She doesn't need this job. So, you know, it's, you would think that the White House wouldn't be able to push her around, you know, once she's in office. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, David Shepardson, reporter with Reuters, as always, thanks for joining us on uh, Detroit Today. Thanks, Steve. Well, I guess we'll find out in a few hours. We'll see I guess. what happens at noon, right? <laughs> right, right. All right, uh, up next, we're going to hear the state's perspective on the correlation between serious health issues and the tainted water in Flint. What is going on with pneumonia and possible Legionnaires cases uh, because of the lead-tainted water? Stay with us on Detroit Today.